Meeting the people in your community. Here's Lisa Kay with Talk of the Town. We're back in the KTOE studios. Talk of the Town. Once again, our friend Kent TC joins us, farm management analyst and senior vice president from Minstar Bank. Well, Kent, you catch me on a day where I just get back from vacation. What a lovely, lovely time in Alaska. I did not have my mind on... Uh, uh, on egg on our side of things, anyways. But um, the scenery there, I got to tell you, if you've not been, you should go. Yeah, I, you know, I've heard that from everybody I've ever talked to that's either went there on a um, a, a cruise ship or just went there on their own. Uh, everybody always talks about how great Alaska is. So that's uh, going to be on my bucket list here sometime to do that trip. Right, and I know that you know when we're out there, they're talking about providing the whole country with salmon and crab and all of that. And I think somebody said to me, well, what do you, you know, in Minnesota, because you meet people from all over the place, uh, you know, are there mountains like this in Minnesota? And I kind of laughed. I said, no, but that's where we grow your food. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And we grow a lot of it, uh, all different kinds. And in fact, I I was just reading something this morning that Minnesota is the number one sweet corn producing uh, state in the U.S. And of course, we're right in the heart of prime sweet corn season now in southern Minnesota. It's so good. Have you had some yet? Yes, I had some over the weekend, and it is good this year. Oh, man, it's beautiful. Um, We're going to start with talking about crop updates. I know we just got home to a bunch of rain that we were needing desperately. Is this enough? Uh, Do we need more? How's that going for you? Well, yes. uh, You know, we our area here uh, uh, has been categorized in a drought, uh, varying degrees of drought, depending on where you go. And uh, we really uh, haven't had a lot of rain uh, since late June in this area. And uh, through the whole month of July and first few days of August, it's been kind of hit and miss. And uh, uh, so yesterday's rain was one of those, uh, (laughs) I guess if there's a million plus dollar rain, it was yesterday because most of the area received some rainfall. I think I haven't heard anything kind of in the immediate area less than an inch, and some areas had two to three inches of rain, Mm -hmm. and it it was a nice, slow, gentle rain that came all day, no severe weather with it, Uh, just one of those uh, really classical uh, rains that uh, you don't get that often in the month of August, and uh, it'll certainly help things. you know, whether a lot a lot of the uh, corn crop in some, especially some of the lighter soils and areas that had been missing all the rains was really starting to show some stress here in the last 10 days with some of the hot, dry weather we had. And uh, obviously, we're probably not going to add bushels to that, but at least it'll help those plants stay viable and finish that crop off. And the soybeans, uh, they you know, the old saying is that August is your soybean month. And even though a lot of the beans are short, uh, this rain should be beneficial to uh, help continue that vegetative growth on the beans and really help, help uh, uh, the beans continue to flower and maybe add some pods and certainly fill those pods out. And um, as beneficial as this rain was, certainly another rain of that type or any kind of rain here on uh, the next couple of weeks here in August will continue to help uh, finish that corn crop off and help uh, help that bean crop optimize the yield level. So is that where we are right now, just trying to, to hope for an optimization of the of the conditions? Because what, what actually yeah, was damaged? Yeah, you know, it's kind of... 
you know, I, unfortunately, uh, for our optimum corn yields, we were probably too dry for too long in a lot of areas. We just, uh, you know, weren't able to, uh, you know, now some isolated areas are fortunate enough to catch some rains back there in early July that probably put some extra bushels into it. But for some of the areas that uh, just missed out on some of those rains, uh we're probably not going to have the uniform yields like we had last year uh, when uh, most of the area had just phenomenal corn yields last year just because we had some timely rains and uh, ideal planting conditions, uh, not a lot of drawn-out damage. And this year, uh, it's been just more of an up-and-down growing season. So, yeah, we're going to have some areas, I'm sure, uh, fields, farms that will have some really good yields for corn again. But there's going to be... parts uh, some farms some areas that just aren't going to have as good a yield and even within the same field there's a lot of variation uh, in a lot of cases and soybeans uh, again uh, last year was very good but uh, I don't know if folks remember back two years ago was kind of similar we had a dry spell and then we got some favorable rain and growing conditions in August into early September and we had very surprising bean yields back in 2021 and I guess after the rain yesterday we got to hope uh, maybe we'll have that kind of uh, season again here where we can finish strong and maybe uh, maybe not in <clears throat> add a lot of extra bushels to the corn yield but maybe to the soybean yields and and certainly uh that's got to be the hope here, but uh, that rain uh, certainly came at a ideal time, at least for where we're at in our crop development stage at this point. So the next few weeks, what would be the the ideal conditions that we would have? Well, I think what we want to do, obviously, we don't need the extreme 90-plus heat that we've had in the last uh, couple weeks, but if we can keep uh, around average temperatures, at which at this time of year, the low to mid 80s, uh, daytime, keep the nighttime temperatures in the 60s, and and just catch some uh, timely rainfalls here. Uh, not that the, we have to have uh, uh, two, three inches at once, but even if we can get those half inch to inch rainfalls uh, every five to seven days uh, between now and the end of August, uh, that would probably be ideal and uh, help us finish this crop off. And then once we get to September, of course, uh, we want to keep the temperatures fairly warm. But then uh, at that point, you want kind of some good drying weather to just uh, let the crop uh, reach maturity and uh, head into harvest with some good field conditions. I know that we were talking a little bit about uh, lower grain prices, um, and in the coming weeks, um, or in the recent weeks, I should say, that there have the grain prices have not been as high. Yeah, we've really seen uh, grain prices, and again, part of that goes back to nationally, uh, uh, there's, there has been a little more favorable growing conditions in many areas of the uh, Midwest and Corn Belt, which uh, together with uh, some lower demand and uh, some other issues around the world, uh, uh, grain prices have kind of really softened here in the last few weeks. And, uh, for example, today on corn, uh, the uh, I checked just a little while ago, and we're below $5 a bushel right now for <clears throat> December corn futures, which is the crop that's in the field. And uh, it's been a while since we've been below that uh, for an extended period of time. And and our local prices, if you take the basis, which is difference between uh, local price and 
the Chicago price uh, is there's about a forty cent difference or so, and uh, thirty to five forty cents. So we're down around four fifty to four sixty for a local price on corn. And mm. you know, uh, if you go back to late July, even we were at five thirty for a price, and uh, so and again back in mid June. So we've come down probably seventy to eighty cents off of where we were. <clears throat> just a few weeks ago uh, on, as far as expectations on corn price. And uh, you compare that back to last year, we were at about, at this time, uh, for a price at harvest time, uh, forward price at 575 and 550 a couple years ago. So when you factor in the, the fact that we have a lower price and th- than we had the last couple years, and then our input costs are probably 10 to 20% higher, uh, that means our margins get pretty tight. Now, soybeans, the price has held a little better, but we it's, again, dropped recently. We're down in that uh, probably 1250 range right now for ca- local cash soybean prices, maybe 1275 1280 at processing plants. And, <clears throat> again, in late July, we were at about 1350 and that's about where we were the last couple years. So, again, we're, we're riding a little lower than we have been, though the soybean price is probably – uh, still makes it a little easier to make a uh, slight profit or at least break even and make a little profit than the corn price. I think the corn price becomes very challenging once we get down uh, below $5 a bushel. Would crop insurance help with that at all? For those- yeah, I think uh, you know crop insurance is going to help. Uh, the good news with corn, especially for those folks that have <clears throat> potentially reduced yields from the drought or other crop problems, uh, we had a 591 guarantee on crop insurance prices last late winter, early spring when farmers signed up. So when we get down, and that's based off Chicago Board of Trade price. So right now we're at about a dollar a bushel below that. So for farmers that got 80 or 85 percent crop insurance coverage, um, they're probably uh, <clears throat> going to be pretty well covered to their normal average yield. So if their average yield uh, is 200 bushels an acre on their proven yield for the crop insurance, if the yield drops below that level, they're probably at the current price level going to ha- have some coverage there. So that <clears throat> that will certainly help out, but that that's probably going to help them hold their money together to cover their costs. It's not going to provide a lot of extra profit. And, you know, if you look back over the last couple of years, uh, the average return on an acre of corn has been on over $300 an acre based on farm management records. But uh, uh, in those years, it, to cover your costs only took about 150 bushels of corn because we had some strong prices. We were 550 to about over $6 a bushel. When you start plugging in uh, 450 to five dollars a bushel. We probably need over 200 bushels an acre corn just to break even. So, so the crop insurance will probably help us get close to that. But it's certainly when we we're not going to make that extra profit out there unless we get some improved prices or the yields end up uh, much better than we expect. And so, how are the hog and dairy farmers doing then? Well, I think we talked about this a little last month, and it really hasn't improved any. Uh, 
the hog production, which is huge in our area, uh, on market hogs, there continues to be a loss of probably 20 to $30 a head or more uh, every time they're marketing pigs. So, uh, again, that's a challenge out there. Uh, we continue to hear of uh, uh, hog operations that have uh, sows that are raising the pigs going out of business because of the low prices and uh, uh, eventually that's probably going to help because we'll have less hogs on the market but in the meantime that even puts more pork out on the market as they're liquidating these sows and uh, it's a real challenge here and same with the dairy industry I was at Farm Fest last week and you heard of dairy producers only getting 12 to $14 a hundredweight for their milk. And for most family farm type dairy operations, they probably need 18 to $20 a hundredweight to cover their costs and break even and stay in the plus side of things as far as profitability. And uh, there's no signs on the horizon that we're going to get back to those levels. Again, the challenges are, uh, you know, overproduction is part of it, but high input costs, uh, uh, all the costs, high interest, higher interest rates, and then uh, demand has just not been enough to use up that supply. So it's a real supply and demand uh, issue out there in both of those industries right now. And I guess the best thing we can do to help out those uh, family farmers is eat more pork and drink more milk and eat more cheese and ice cream. That's, uh, it sounds like something we can definitely do in our house. Um, Kent, Kent TC is with us this morning. It is a focus on ag. Kent's the farm management analyst and senior vice president of MinStar Bank. Uh, we talk a little bit about Farm Fest. I did not get to go this year because I was out on vacation. So you're going to have to tell me everything that happened. You promised you would. Well, it, Farm Fest went went great. Uh, obviously, the weather was a little hot, but some very good crowds there, especially the first two days. And uh, one highlight we had this year on the middle day of Farm Fest, we hosted uh, the U.S. House Ag Committee uh, farm, official Farm Bill listening session. This is one of uh, over 50 listening sessions that they've held this year around the country. And uh the chairman, uh, it was hosted by the chairman of the U.S. House Ag Committee, um, who is Congressman G.T. Thompson from Pennsylvania, and, and jointly hosted by uh, the host congresswoman uh, from uh, the 7th District at Farm Fest, Michelle Fishbach, and 1st District Congressman Brad Finstead, who uh, sits on the U.S. House Ag Committee. And uh, also joining were uh, Congresswoman Angie Craig, Congressman Tom Ember, and Congressman Pete Stauber from Minnesota, as well as a couple other members uh, of the U.S. House Ag Committee from Iowa and, and Ohio. And uh, during that session, this is a session where the members of Congress make some opening comments, and then they get listen to comments uh, two minutes each from uh, members of farm organizations and residents. And they were able to hear from uh, 43 different respondents during about a two-hour uh, listening session. And so, and they, it was a wide range of things. Obviously, you would expect uh, a lot of comments on things like uh, crop insurance on the commodity programs that support corn and soybeans and dairy and that type of thing and conservation programs uh, obviously on everybody's mind now but there was also a lot of discussion about the nutrition title which includes uh, 
you know, the SNAP program for food and nutrition assistance, but also about food banks and food shelves. Uh, there was also discussion about uh, organic production and newer crops and support for those. A lot of discussion about beginning farmers as well as a discussion about uh, ag research and about uh, some of the climate smart ag programs and how they fit into this. So just a great discussion overall. And then uh, Farm Fest 2, uh, uh, we had a great panel with Governor Tim Walls and some of his state commissioners, uh, Commissioner Tom Peterson with ag and his uh, counterparts in DNR and MPCA and the MnDOT, and then some legislative leaders. We talked a lot about uh, some of the needs in Minnesota and regulations and uh, just business develop economic development, uh, not just on farms but in rural communities. And then uh, a panel that was kind of special to me was one on climate smart agriculture programs and practices. Just a great panel of some ag leaders and other organization leaders that are involved with some of the climate smart uh, ag dollars that have come out through the uh, federal government. And then we also had uh, some farmers on that panel that have been implementing some of these practices. And really just a great discussion out there. And I should mention the forums from FarmFest are available. If you go to the Idea Ag website, uh, they are archived on there. They were all live streamed. Awesome. I'll put that link down below this in the show notes so we can go and check those things out. It is fair season. Have you been to county fairs? We've got a uh, state fair coming up. Well, I've had the chance to <clears throat> attend a few county fairs. Uh, obviously, I was at the Blue Earth County Fair in Garden City a couple weeks ago, and I still do judge some 4-H livestock shows at county fairs. Uh, and of course, uh, we're still uh, kind of in the middle of fair season. Uh, we got some big fairs locally uh, in the region coming up. Uh, I think this week is both the Nicollet and Brown County fairs, mm-hmm. uh, Nicollet County at St. Peter and Brown County uh, at New Ulm. And then next week, we got the LeSueur County Fair at Le Center and also the big Steel County Fair in Owatonna and Martin County Fair in Fairmont. So lots of good fairs coming up yet. And then the end of this month, uh, starting on the 23rd of August, is the Minnesota State Fair. So actually the 24th, it starts them off a day. Uh, for me, it starts the 23rd because all the 4-H livestock comes in on Wednesday, but it actually starts Thursday, August 24th. So, And that's always an exciting time. Uh, the State Fair uh, <clears throat> runs from 24th of August through Labor Day. So we'll get people out there. I know you're going to be out there, and uh, I can't wait to try some of the new food. I took a look at that list. It grows every year. It's, uh, there's something shocking all the time. Yeah, they get a lot of new foods, but uh, I'm kind of a traditionalist. I still like a good prawno pup and a good malt from the dairy stand, gopher dairy stand. That is one of my favorite places to be, absolutely. And then go watch, you know, the Princess K butter carving that's happening. That's kind of neat. Yep, lots of fun stuff at the State Fair and... uh, whether you're there to watch the 4-H youth and their livestock shows or just check out all the various exhibits or food and beverage uh, options that are available, it's a great time. Well, Kent, if people want to get in touch with you, ask any questions, or maybe receive your Focus on Ag newsletter, what's the best way to connect with you? You know, the Focus on Ag newsletter, you can just shoot me an email. Uh, it's free. Uh, it's sent out weekly at kent.tc at minstarbank.com. 
Or you can go to the MinStar Bank website and uh, find the information there. We'll send them that direction. Always good to have you on the air with us. Thank you so much, and we'll check in next time. Sounds great.